The information and opinions expressed on this podcast are intended to address specific questions asked, situations described in the program or on the website, and topics of expressed interest. The information and or opinions are not intended to be a substitute for professional medical and or mental health diagnosis or treatment. You should not act or rely upon any information contained in these broadcasts or on the website without seeking the advice of a mental health and or medical professional who has conducted a formal assessment or evaluation on you and has the requisite information needed to provide a more well-informed opinion. This includes, but is not limited to, licensed mental health professionals, psychiatrists, and medical physicians and doctors. If you have any questions about the information or opinions expressed on the website or during this broadcast, please contact your licensed mental health and and or medical professional. Welcome to the Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell. The Wellness Enclave will explore emotional health and its impact on everyday life. In the Enclave, we will address emotional health and how it is connected to other parts of your life, such as physical health, relationships, spirituality, and even decision-making. The goal is to help you become a healthier and happier you through motivation, education, and innovation. And now, The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Wellness Enclave, where emotional health and wellness is our top priority. Today, our topic, financial planning. Please join us with our, for our very special guest, Ms. Valerie Edwards. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Thank you, Mr. Deshaun. I appreciate my old school music. Always, always, always. <laughs> On the line, we have Miss Valerie Edwards. How are you today, Miss Edwards? Doing great. How are you today, Dr. Sewell? I am doing well, and I thank you for joining us to discuss uh, financial planning. I know that's something a lot of people don't like to discuss, but I think is uh, becoming um, imperative that we understand that that is a very important component of our lives, particularly with the way the economy is today. Um, so, as always, the first thing I'd like to do is start out with a context or a definition. So, can you define for me what financial planning is? Um, yes, the basic uh, definition of financial planning would be you charting the course for your financial future, whether it's providing clarity for yourself, purpose, 
and or direction because without a plan, whatever the dream is, there's mm -hmm. nothing to sustain or activate that dream because there's no plan in place to ensure that it becomes a reality. Absolutely. So, so as 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 I heard someone say before, um, fail to plan, plan to fail. Is that what we're looking exactly. at? Exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, and and you are and for everyone who um doesn't know, and I'm going to have Miss Edwards talk about her her services and what she does at you know closer to the end of the show, but she helped me with some uh, long term care insurance. And when I was talking to her, what I realized is that she was very adept with fi with financial planning. Um, so what I want you, what I would like for you to do is explain to me exactly what a financial planner does. Okay. Well, typically a financial planner will work, well, a good financial planner will work with a client to help them to determine what their goals are in life, uh, and in different areas, whether it's, uh, survivorship needs, income protection, planning for a child's education okay. or future wedding. So a, plan, a financial planner will get in there and start to help clarify what is it that you want to see within the next one to three years, five to 10 years, 20 years, retirement. And then we start to build a plan around whatever your vision is. And that incorporates anything from insurance to investments mm -hmm. uh, to wills, uh, if we're looking at estate planning. Mm -hmm. So it can incorporate a lot of different concepts. But what really determines what that financial plan will do with you and for you is what your personal goals are. So you mentioned something very important. I noticed you were talking about, or it sounded as though you were talking about short-term goals and, and long-term goals. Is it important to kind of start out small and say, okay, what do you want to accomplish within the next, as you said, one to three years? Or is it best to start out, um, okay, what is it that you're looking for? What is your overarching goal? Where do you want to be in 20 years? And then develop short-term goals. How does that work? Uh so, yeah, we can look at the big picture, as we call it, mm -hmm. uh, and that takes you from uh, your youth all the way into and through retirement. For some folks, retirement is the end goal. For some folks, it goes even beyond that. They may want to leave a legacy for the next generation. Okay. So once we know what that big goal is, then we can... Uh, break it down into bite-sized pieces, and we can look at it in one to three years, mm -hmm. uh, from three to five years or ten years. Uh, what's going to happen even beyond that? Do you want to own your own business, or do you want to build that dream house within the next 15 years? Well, where are you today, mm -hmm. and where is it that you're trying to go, and what are the steps and measures that need to be in place in between to get you successfully there? In a lot of instances, when we hear the term financial planner, a lot of us think, oh, okay, I don't have money for that. I'm not living like you. How how much does it cost? Or if I shouldn't ask you that. If I am not rich, can't, <laughs> let me not ask you that. So if I'm not rich, can I still afford a financial planner? The, the short answer to that is yes. Okay. And you don't have to be rich to take advantage of the expertise of a financial planner. Now, there's different planners who have different fees, and mm -hmm. you get to speak with them and figure that out. But in many cases, if, if you really think about it, 
uh, folks will pay money to learn what they need to know. Like if you wanted to get a master's degree, then mm-hmm. you're going to pay that tuition to get that knowledge that you need to take yourself to the next level. Well, we need to start uh, embracing the idea of working with a financial planner the same way so that we can get that financial education, mentoring, and coaching that we need to help us get to where we're trying to go, to get us to that next level. And you don't have to have a lot of money initially because mm-hmm. the key to really being successful is not just the money that you earn, but the money that you keep. Okay. okay. So a lot of times it's as simple as developing a budget that's going to allow you to have more and more money to eventually invest and so forth and so on. Okay. So if I'm living paycheck to paycheck, tell me what my mm-hmm. first step would be in in terms of whether okay, it's saving money. Pay- mm-hmm. Yes. So if you live in paycheck to paycheck, the first thing I have my clients do is to uh, develop a 30-day journal. And what I have them to do is document everything they spend money on every day for 30 days. Mm-hmm. And that's going to give us great insight to how they're utilizing the funds they do have. From there, we can start seeing, are there any areas that you can save money or maybe stretch your budget Mm -hmm. in a different way so that you can eventually start saving and having emergency uh, funds and all the other things we tell people they need to have. But the key to figuring out how to get beyond that living paycheck to paycheck trap mm-hmm. is to first understand how you're utilizing the money that you do have. What do you find, um, and, and I know this is not a question that I, I sent you, my listening audience, they always know that I send questions out, so it's not a big, <laughs> it's not a big deal, but what do you find <laughs> that people spend um, most of their money? Like, what are some of the more common areas where people spend their money and then when they look at the journal, they're like, oh, my God, I didn't know I was spending this much money in this particular area. I believe it or not, a big area is food. I believe that because I eat out frequently, so I do, I believe. (laughs) Yeah, I I have one, and I think about one client in particular. She thought she didn't have enough money Mm -hmm. to send her daughter to this particular school that she wanted her to attend. Mm -hmm. And when we looked at what she spent on coffee, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, all the tips involved and everything else, that bill came out to close to to $1,500 a month. So once we figured that out, we started to renegotiate Mm -hmm. how she was handling that portion of her budget, and we were able to carve out the money she needed to educate her daughter in the way that she wanted to. How much? How how often do you find that people spend their money on, in, in addition to eating out, partying? Like going from club to club or bar or just, you know, um, yeah, just partying. Yeah, yeah, that's a big part of it, too. Uh, concerts can be an easy $150, $200. Right. But if you didn't budget that in your entertainment budget, mm-hmm. now you're completely out of whack for that month, right? Right. Right, and then we're trying to pay Pete, you know, borrow from Peter to pay Paul, and mm-hmm. it becomes a vicious cycle because we're not cognizant of those 
little holes in our budget where money just seeps out of. So entertainment is important in our lives. So the key to being able to enjoy, if you want to go have a drink or whatever, have a budget for that. Okay. Already have an amount that you've designated that you're going to spend. Once that amount is is used up, mm-hmm. you're done for that month. <laughs> right, right. Month. And that's and, and I think that's what... Um, a lot of people have to get acclimated to is saying, okay, I'm done. Not not being spoiled or or wanting that instant gratification and saying, I can do what I want to do I want, and I want to be um, entertained now or whatever the case may be. Let me ask you this. At what age should a person begin to learn about the importance of financial planning? Um, in your opinion. Well, in my house, mm-hmm. uh, about the time that you can read and... and <laughs> 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 okay. So, uh, <laughs> Because of my daughter, bless her heart, she thinks that she's just uh, financially savvy and it just happened. But the truth is, even when she was little, I found games that taught little ones about money. You know, they had little mm-hmm. clay pennies and nickels and dimes and, uh, you know, about saving. So from the time that they can start to understand various concepts mm-hmm. is the time that people should start learning about money. Okay. Because money, yeah, money is a very, very uh, great part of our lives, and it helps to determine, in many cases, the quality of the life we're going to get to live. So we may as well start learning about mm-hmm. it early on, so that we can master our money and not have it master us. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree with that. Okay, we are listening to Miss Valerie Edwards talk to us about financial planning. She's going to stay on the line with us so we can continue to talk about this very, very important topic. And we'll be right back after this commercial break.
Welcome back to the Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell. We have a call-in guest talking to us about financial planning. How are you hanging, Miss Valerie Edwards? How's everything going? Everything's going well? Oh, yes. Everything's wonderful. Okay. All right. Enjoying the music? Yes. Sure. <laughs> My favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you staying on the line with us. Appreciate you staying on the line with us. So, uh, again, we're talking about financial planning with Ms. Valerie Edwards. Um, let me ask you this. How important is, is changing one's mindset when it comes to financial planning? How, how important of a component is that? That is critically important because how you feel about money will determine what you do with money. Uh, so if you see money as a tool that you utilize to help you develop the lifestyle that you want to have, need to have, whatever, and uh, it's easy for you to understand how to work with your money, then you have a real healthy, positive relationship. But if you see money as something that's hard for you to get your hands on, hard for you to manage, so forth and so on, then it's going to take you away from the very lifestyle that you actually prefer to live. And that's in every stage of life. Uh, so if you look at money as something to utilize to get you to your goals, to get you to your destination. Now you have the type of empowerment that's going to allow you to manage your money in such a way that those dreams of yours actually start to become a reality. To have that adverse mindset, like it's hard to get a hold to, it's hard to manage, it's hard to know what to do with it. Actually, that will start to make you fearful. And then you know what most people do when they're afraid? They don't move. Correct. So we get out of the fear of money and start to understand how to utilize it and that it is our friend, if you will. Then we start to have that positive engagement with it and start doing positive things that's going to allow us to be who we want to be in this world. I, one of the things I... I find this very important or, or I think is, is, has, has been an obstacle for some, let me say it like that, has been an obstacle for some, is the instant gratification versus delayed gratification, that particular yeah. mindset. Like, this is what I want, so I'm going to purchase it now. That's one of the yeah, things. Well, look at the, mm -hmm. Yeah, look at the credit card debt in this country. It is. Amazing. <laughs> yes. Amazing yes. Yes. Because we, there was a time culturally that we did used to save for those big purchases. You know, we mm -hmm. would save money mm -hmm. towards a house or we would save money towards purchasing a car or furniture or save money towards helping our children with their education. Mm -hmm. Somehow we start to lose some of that. And that has not been to our benefit. Saving for those particular goals put us in the driver's seat because 
now you're not paying this overwhelming amount of interest and 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 just getting deeper and deeper in debt. If you pay as you go, mm-hmm. then you don't have that weight of debt on your shoulder, and that frees you up to continue to pursue other things. There's a lot of things that people can't do today because of the amount of debt right. that they have incurred because they did not have that uh, delayed gratification mindset. It mm. was, mm. I want it yesterday, and I'm going to put this card down, and to the degree they let me buy all this stuff, I'm mm. going to buy it. Uh, so now instead of them owning things, the things are owning them because it's starting wow. to own their life. Right. Absolute. Wow. That's yeah. So yeah, freedom is then having that delayed gratification because the less and less you owe folks, then the more positive decisions you can make for other things you want to do in your life. What is your thought? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What is your thought process about an individual who says, "I can't take the money with me, so I might as well spend it"? Well, <laughs> that. Sounds great, but what if you mess up and continue to live? Okay. And then you haven't saved or prepared for your future. Mm-hmm. And let's just say how you and I met long-term care, just one category. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you continue to live, because now the challenge that we have in this country is that people are living longer and longer. Right. There was a time when 65 was not a goal in so far as age that most people were going to reach. Now mm-hmm. we blow right past that because the average mean age now is more in the 80s. Some people are actually going to be in retirement as long as they work and sometimes longer. Mm-hmm. So if we don't have a plan in place to take care of ourselves during that time when we're, you know, we've slowed down, mm-hmm. we're on a fixed income, so forth and so on. If we haven't prepared for that time, instead of it being our golden years, mm-hmm. it could become a time of burden on ourselves, on our families. Uh, it, it could be a time where we should be relaxing and enjoying the fruit of our labor to just going through a lot of heartache and headache mm-hmm. that could have been prevented had we planned properly. What is your recommendation on how a person can redirect that thought process? Like what, or they can make an attempt to redirect that thought process in terms of understanding delayed gratification, and in terms of understanding that yes, you can spend money, but it needs to be spent wisely. And here's how we're defining wisely. Like, what, what's your recommendation for that, or what have you seen that works to help? Well, change my the recommendation, mm-hmm. of course, speak with someone in my industry. Or at the least, there are books available to help you start to learn how to develop that right relationship with uh, money, mm-hmm. uh, like The Millionaire Next Door and so many other books that are available today. Because if you really want to know how to manage your money, how to have that great mindset, mm-hmm. there's help available. Uh, I would start with folks in the financial services industry because there's a lot of information and tools we have that we can utilize to help support you shifting that mindset in the direction that's going to support you the best in your life. And there's books about it uh, that you can read and start to develop Mm -hmm. more 
information for yourself that you can start building up on. But I'm one of those people. I like working with other folks. If there's an area that I'm not as strong in, I will immediately reach out to somebody else who I know have strength in that area mm -hmm. so that if nothing else, perhaps they can be my mentor, my coach, help me along. And even if I have to pay for that advice, I'm doing <laughs> it because it's my life. <laughs> okay. I get to do this one time. I want to do it for real. So whatever I have to do to involve myself in a category, I'm running after it. Not walking, I'm running right. after it. Right. So we get to do the same thing. Uh, right. And, 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 you know, it's so available for us to enjoy life. Mm -hmm. But it comes with discipline. It comes with making those right decisions, making good decisions today that's going to impact our lives for years and decades down the road. And if we're, you know, if we really do it right, it's going to also positively impact impact the next generation. Yes, yes, I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. So before I before yeah. I ask you about your multitasking and all of all of the great things that you do within the <laughs> within the community, uh, my last question my last question is this: How often do you feel like a person should do financial planning? And and the reason I and I'm asking. So let me ask it in a better way. So should I should I go back and revise my plan every few years or just when major events are happening or let's say I'm, I'm getting ready to start a family. Okay. And I know we didn't okay. touch on, you know, uh, when people have different views on money, but let's say I'm starting a family. So this is a time that I do financial planning. Then I'm getting close to, then I get about 45 or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I have to really start looking at retirement. So is, is there a standard or a recommendation in terms of how often you should look at that financial plan or is it a continuum? What, how, what, what, what do you recommend or what do you see? So it is a continuum because life is extremely dynamic. Mm -hmm. uh, what's true today could change drastically before this day is mm -hmm. over. Mm -hmm. So financial planning, given how important it is to our lives, mm -hmm. Typically, when I work with folks, the first year, we might meet actually a couple of times during that year. Okay. Uh, as we're putting solid plans in place in different categories, that's important to that individual. Then after that, at minimum, once a year, you need to be checking in. Now, of course, you're doing things daily, mm -hmm. weekly, and monthly that supports that plan because you can have a beautiful Plan well drafted, uh, written in calligraphy, maybe. <laughs> but if you're not implementing that plan, mm -hmm. then it's just ink on paper, no value. The value in the plan is the implementation of the plan. Okay. So I have my clients check. Well, there's some who they insist on checking in twice a year, whatever. But at minimum, for their sake, is better to at least once a year give yourself that opportunity to hit pause on everything else, stop, look at where you are. Am I on track? Has something major happened mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I've shifted what my goals are? Have I changed from wanting that uh, vacation home to now just wanting to vacation? So if you're constantly checking in on where you are on a regular basis, that's going to allow you to have a plan that 
supports your life where you are today. Okay. Um, so let me ask you this. I always like to ask my guests this because I want to get them as much business as possible. How can a person, con- first of all, what, what, what do you do um, for a living on this? You know, what do you do for a living? What is, what is your passion? Um, how can people contact you? I'm sorry, I'm thinking you're asking how folks can contact me. Yes, yes, ma'am. So what I was asking was, what is it What is it that you do for a living? What is it that you're passionate about? And how can an individual contact you? Okay, sure. All right, so for a living, I'm in the financial services industry. I'm a financial insurance advisor. Uh, my passion uh, is actually financial education. I work with individuals, uh, small businesses, and associations. But a part of the work that I do is uh, on the educational side, whether it's individual, whether I'm doing seminars or workshops, presentations, because the more our community understand money and start to master money, that whole conversation even around money, Mm -hmm. then the better we're going to be and the healthier we're going to be as a community. So my goal is not just what I do inside of my office, but to actually get that education out into the community so that we can all embrace that conversation and all learn and develop ourselves uh, in that category of finances. Now, there's other people who do other things, and I love them for it, but my focus is financial health and wealth. Okay. Because we have to be financially healthy before we can be wealthy. So that's that's I guess my passion. Absolutely. And how can a person contact you if they if they want to inquire about your services? Sure. I, well, I start with my phone number. I can be reached at six seven eight six seven two zero three zero one, and my email address uh, is my name Valerie. Dot Edwards at mutualofomaha.com and Valerie is spelled V A L E R I E dot Edwards, E D W A R D S at mutualofomaha.com. Those are the easiest ways to reach out to me. All right. Thank you, Ms. Edwards. We do appreciate all of this information that you have, uh, that you've given us this morning. And we hope that you have a lovely day and that you are successful in all of your future endeavors. And I would like to thank my listeners for listening to the Wellness Enclave. You've been listening to Dr. Sewell on the Enclave again with our special guest, Ms. Valerie Edwards. I hope you guys have a happy, healthy week, and I'll see you next time. This has been the Wellness Enclave with Dr. Donna Sewell. Join us weekly and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We look forward to growing with you.